Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to Eddie V's Horror Show. I'm Edward Villanova, author, YouTuber, and of course, the host of this fine podcast you're listening to right now. This is episode number 16, and today we're joined once again by fellow author Violet Church, who has just joined me in a viewing of the 2019 sci-fi horror flick Little Joe. This is the first in a series of films that Violet and I plan to do called Is It Horror? Where we'll be watching movies that may or may not be billed as horror, but uh, there is some debate, at least, on whether or not these movies truly fit into the horror genre, and Little Joe is one such film. As of this recording, it's available to watch on Hulu, and Hulu has it billed as a horror sci-fi flick. It is science fiction, without a doubt, but uh, not everyone thinks this should be considered a horror film. If it is horror, it's very subtle and understated, and well, I'll, I'll let you hear what Violet and I had to say about it. We reviewed this without discussing it much beforehand, so uh, we're hearing each other's first thoughts on it as we record. I'm not going to waste any time here before diving on in, but uh, I would like to say, just as a disclaimer, that uh, if you listened to the previous episode, this was recorded back-to-back with it. So we were both pretty tipsy, having recorded this in episode 15 together and drinking the whole time, so hopefully this makes sense and isn't just a bunch of drunken babbling. (laughs) So without further ado, here's Violet Church and me talking about the movie Little Joe. Hi everybody, welcome back to the show. Today I am back with Violet Church and we're going to be talking about a movie from 2019 and we're going to discuss whether this is horror or not. The horror, well, the movie that we're we're, uh, discussing today is Little Joe. It is a very British movie. Don't say that like it's a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. It's just like... It's not a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but it is very British. I like British movies. I like British movies, too. So you have to see what you mean by that, because you make it sound like it's very British, like it's a bad thing. Like, I, we're honestly, American, no. obviously, and we're also Southern, so it's like American times <laughs> two. Okay, fair enough. So we're super effusive, we're loud, like, that, I mean, that is, like, we're like we're messy. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, British film and in British literature also is very composed reserved comparatively that's not not to say unfeeling but they're just it's comparatively feels reserved but i feel like you know in britain it probably doesn't feel british right well i'm of course i mean i know but i'm just saying like you have to like you have to define your term you have to say what you mean well yeah of course. other than i don't if you don't then it sounds like you're taking crap on them i'm not being british it's a british film it is. It's a British film. It's very. It has a very British feel to it. And yes, it is very reserved. And I think that that reservedness actually played very well with the uh, the feel that they were obviously going for uh, in this movie. So, and honestly, I think this is probably more reserved than most British cinema is. Well, anyway, um, I feel like that was a tangent right off the bat. Sorry. But it's okay. So, so director, Jessica Hausner, we didn't recognize anyone in the film. I mean, it's not really saying yeah. anything for me, but... Uh, I think... I, I really enjoyed that. I, I, I like when they use a lot of people that I don't know from anything. I'm sorry, did we say the name of the movie? Little Joe. The movie's Little,
So, but I wrote down the names of the top, like, what I felt like the actors that had the greatest amount of screen time. The lead actress is Emily Beecham. And then sort of, like, this supporting male, um, there are two supporting men, Ben Wishaw and Kit Connor was the kid. Right. It was Joe. Right. Not little Joe, but Joe. But Joe, yeah. So, obligatory spoiler alert. Obviously, we're going to talk about this movie um, yeah. You can still watch it on Hulu, so if you like, want to pause real fast and then go watch it. Yeah, please come and back. And then come back. <laughs> yeah. And we'll talk uh, about this movie, but like, yes, we're, we're going we're to spoil the fuck out of this. So, um, so yeah, what is this movie about? Okay, so Emily Beauchamp. I don't remember her name in the movie. I'm sorry. Like the, We're going to do broad strokes for you. So she is a, a plant breeder. Right. I know it sounds super exciting right off the bat. It does. Oh, boy, does it. <laughs> so they work in a lab, and um, she's, they, she's part of a team, a genetic engineering team, trying to come up with new plant species. Right. So her species of plant is, um, stimulates the release of oxytocin in the brain. And so if you don't know what oxytocin is, it's a real hormone. It's like, it's called the, you know, it's like the the love hormone so it's like the hormone that is released whenever you are in labor and it helps you bond with your baby when you hold a baby whenever you get a hug like your brain releases oxytocin yeah so um you know it it helps bonding between people um even related people even animals too like you get it yeah when you pet a a cat or or whatever that's why that's why you know like that you know therapy animals work and stuff like that it releases those happy hormones and endorphins and oxytocin in your brain right so this plant is supposed to engender the same effect that a human or a animal would do so the more that you care for this plant like it's a super finicky plant like you can't just be like see you in two weeks hope you survive (laughs) like you have to like you have to you know, constantly maintain temperature and pH and water and all. Like, it's a super finicky plant that you have to care for. But in the return, it will, it will make, make you, you happy. happy. Right. So. And that already is a very interesting concept, I think. And not anything super, like, super unbelievable. You know, I mean, it's super it's, unbelievable to it, me, but... I mean, it is unbelievable, but, uh, you know, we're not talking about, you know, something outlandish as far as a movie goes, right? I guess it's so. It's not a plot that's going to be I mean, that seems like a, Yeah, but this seems like a terrible idea. It does. It does sound like a terrible idea. And as we find out, it is a terrible idea. Or is it? <laughs> <laughs> that's, like, the that's the frustrating thing about this movie, is that you're just kind of like, mm, what's going on? Right. But, um... So an important point is, so it's like genetic engineering. Anytime you are doing any kind of genetic engineering, uh, one of the important things, and this is true to life, is that you don't want to genetic engineer something that can be released into the wild and propagate itself. Right. <coughs> COVID. That's yeah. what it's looking like now. <laughs> we don't genetically engineer things that can go out into the wild and like wreck a whole ecosystem. So, so it's like... It's conscientiousness in, in, in laboratory. So this species that they have genetically engineered is supposed to be sterile. So it, it cannot right. reproduce. Right. So that's an important point. But hopefully you've seen the classic movie uh, Jurassic Park. 
Right. Where then they talk about how, you know, life finds a way. Right. And that's the same thing. You know, I found that movie to be so applicable to life. I know. It really <laughs> does. Between that line and the, um, uh, you were so busy wondering about whether or not you could, you did never stop to think about whether or not you should. Right. You know, two great lines from that movie. All right. So. Great I, concepts from that movie. Exactly. And so the, those are the whole, the whole idea of life finds a way, um, and so that's an important that's a, an important vehicle for like the mystery of this movie. The plant uh, spontaneously begins to produce pollen, which obviously it's not supposed to do since it is not that's supposed the sex, to be. That's the sexy time organ for right for plants. <laughs> sex is very boring for plants. It's, just, <laughs> um, it's like if you sit your sperm through the mail, you know, basically. <laughs> Or on a bee. Yeah, on a bee, yeah, right, right. Uh, so they talk about how the, this plant was engineered using some uh, some viral vectors that they are still, still experimental and not really supposed to be using. So people who have inhaled this pollen are changing, maybe. And that's... That's really the that's the conflict of this movie. The conflict of this movie is really, is something happening at all? The people that think something's happening are proposing that this pollen, vir- this viral pollen type of thing is infecting the brain and creating right. a, a, a persona in which, you know, they... Oh, they only care about the well-being of little Joe, which is what the plant's called. Yeah. So she named it after her son. Right. So they only they only care about the well being of little Joe, and they'll do anything to keep little Joe alive, which happens. Right. Multiple times throughout the movie, they perpetrate violence. Yeah. And, yeah. Towards the end, they do. Well, oh, you, I guess even before the end. Yeah. Homeboy steals his steals his mom's ID card and breaks into the lab, which. On a little date with his girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> Which so jealous that I didn't. I never experienced a date like that. No, but, we're taking you to a plant lab. Yeah. <laughs> to steal a plant from their mom. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but just like all kinds of risky behavior, just to. I mean, it really seems like to promote the welfare of this plant. Right. So all this risky behavior. So, I mean, like, this is what's happening. They're, like, they're little pod people that are following the plant's orders. <laughs> right. Right, yeah. They're, they're doing anything to, uh, to at least seemingly, to ensure the survival of little Joe. They always give you an out, so they leave that... Right, yeah, yeah. ...that suspicion, like, mm, is this really going on? Right, yeah, like, yeah, his, uh... Her son is, um, you know, he's acting strange, but he's just entering, he, entering his teen years, so, of course, that's natural that he'd be acting differently. Uh, the main her, whistleblower is, has this previous history of mental illness, recently had a psychotic break. Right. And just returned to work from that, like, a long, like, sabbatical or hiatus or whatever. Yeah. So, this is, I mean, you know, yeah. you're not really sure. She's painted as, like, the, cra- the you know, crazy lady. The office crazy lady, yeah. <laughs> and, like, her research assistant or whatever, like, he's, 
he's clearly like falling in love with her and like he's got a thing for her so like that's a reason that he's acting different so they they give you an out in every scenario uh, when somebody is clearly acting differently but is it because of little Joe really or is it because of some other extraneous thing it's because of little Joe I know. I feel like I feel like they lead you um, very subtly, <laughs> but always subtly. But they do lead you to conclude that Little Joe is in fact eliciting these changes in people, and that um, Little Joe is going to take over the world. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, to me, like... So they're gearing up for the, the, the flower show. The flower right? fair, whatever the hell yeah. that is. <laughs> and, they're, and again, they're, they're anticipating all these orders for it and everything. From the National Health Service and... Right, right. I don't know. Like, yes. And so, but the... Okay, one thing that I, I think of is that... One thing that frustrated me about this movie was the subtlety. Yeah. Because, and, you know... Okay, so I've worked with teenagers a lot. Like, they don't go... <laughs> It's not, that is not an overnight thing to go from just being, like, a totally chill, like, completely trustworthy kid to just <laughs> yeah. being, like, to breaking and entering <laughs> right. and theft. Right. I mean, that just, to me, that and, and like, and the whole, like, oh, um, and, like, completely ignoring your mom or um, she he knocked his mom, like, to the ground and, like, it busted her head open and stuff like that. That does not... Like, yes, some teenagers do that, but that's not, like, a normal... Like, beating the right, shit out of your mom is yeah. not a normal part of growing up. It's not an overnight change. And the whole, um, the her research assistant that, like, straight up forces himself on her. Like, yeah. that, that's yeah. not normal. That's not normal dating. Right, especially because before that, he seems like he's he's a pretty mousy dude. You yeah. Know? He's not... He's not. He's not the bold, you know, go getter. You know, get, but get even if you are the bold gold go getter, is that that's the? I mean, I know that some guys are dirtbags, but that's not like the normal response. Like whenever um, someone says no, I don't, I don't want to kiss you. Um, is your response to just be like, well, it's gonna happen <laughs> anyway? <laughs> I mean, well, well, brace yourself, bitch, because here it comes. <laughs> I yeah. mean, or you tell her, listen, I'm falling in love with you and you just need to deal with that. Like, what? <laughs> How is that normal? Power move. And, yeah, power move. That's, that's not a power move either. That's, yeah. that's ridiculous. Like, so, just, I don't know, there's just all... That, that frustrated me. And also, like, to me, one of the biggest telling parts of the whole movie that this was actually the plant doing this is all of those interviews... So they do like this, um, like allergen testing, and right. all of these interviews talk about how, oh, they, they you know, they're they're different. They're di- you know, they they just act different. I feel like I don't know this person anymore. You know, stuff right, like that. Yeah, yeah. And like, and so, to me, we don't know any of these characters long enough. I mean, to really the only the kid like I mean, if you've been around teenagers like you you recognize, like, hey, this is absolutely not normal behavior, and I'm not sure why everyone's like, yeah, it's totally cool that your kid pushed you down and busted your head open. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. normal. <laughs> um, and the... Stuck into your room and stole your ID. Yeah, like, what, I mean, I can't even imagine what my mom would do, do to me if I did either of those things. <laughs> yeah. But the whole, but the other characters, like, we don't really know. Like, yeah, the lab dude seems kind of mousy, but we don't really know very much about him. Because right. he gets pollen early on, so I'm like, I mean, how do we know? But those videos, to me, 
where the where the significant others and the moms were like, mm, my kid's weird, or my wife is acting like a crazy person, or whatever. Right. And I thought that was really telling. I mean, like, to me, that was one of the biggest things. And then at the end, where she's, like, at the, you know, she has her son, and she just is like, meh, I'm going to drop him off with his dad. and Yeah, it's something that she's been staunchly against. against for the entire film. Yeah. She suddenly yeah. changes her mind. It's a sudden change. Oh, yeah, I guess you want to be with your dad. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. And Take your dro- with you. Yeah. Drops him off. And, like, gives him, like, a super perfunctory hug. And then hops in the car and rolls away. I mean, like... Happy as can be. She's this kid that she's been using on her own for several years, apparently. And then she's just like, well, see you later. Right. Bye. I mean, to me, that was not a normal... Right. That wasn't yeah. normal. And then she goes home to her plant. <laughs> that was, yeah, right. That was a turn on a dime. Yeah. For sure. And then also, like... Uh, like kissing the dude that just punched her in the face to keep her from from turning the, uh, Exa- the yes. down on little Joe. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. At the end, she she is convinced that little Joe is controlling people's minds. She doesn't so, want it to go out to the flower fair, right. so she's gonna try to kill little Joe. She's gonna turn down the the temperature in the greenhouse to kill little Joe, and um, her lab assistant or research partner or whatever he is, he comes in. And literally assaults her <laughs> to stop her from killing little Joe. And then the next day it's like, oh, that was weird, but I guess we love each other. So Yeah, they full on make out in the lab. Yeah. And let me just say, like, I do not care how much I would love someone. If you knock me out, like, it's over. Yeah. We're done. <laughs> that's, that's kind of a point of no return. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Okay. So the big question that we are trying to determine. So is it horror? Um, that's what we're going to try to, we're going to maybe try to make this a thing that we do. Um, so this has been pretty fun. So if you guys enjoy it, we'll do some more movies. Um, so is it horror? Well, I guess we want to say, did, did you like it? Did you like this? I did. I liked it. Yes, I did like it. I would, I would recommend this. It is, you know, there are some things you have to know about it going in. It is, (laughs) British. <laughs> it's very British. It's uh, it's very subtle. It's very. I can see a lot of people saying this is a very boring movie. I personally did not find this boring. I thought it was really interesting, and um, yeah, I, I liked it. Um, would I watch it again? Probably not. I, this wouldn't be something that I I watch you know on a regular basis, but. Uh, once, yeah, absolutely. I think it's yeah, I think it's worth a watch. I'm gonna tell you, this is like a this is a thing for me in movies. What like ruins my suspension of disbelief is if you don't do like correct lab procedures. <laughs> <laughs> of course, <laughs> of course, that's the thing that takes you out. So I mean, like they're all talking about how we have to like contain this pollen and all stuff like that. They're wearing their street clothes, their street shoes right. into this. Lab. Into the slab, they don't like... Okay, but like, I, I mentioned this when we were watching the movie, like, you'll notice that they're they're very strict about it in the beginning, mm. and they slowly get more and more lax about it as the movie goes on. Okay, but no, at the very beginning of the movie, they, um, there, there's a dude in a full hazmat suit that has, right. like, p- piped in air 
who's cleaning in there. He's not even in with the plants. He's cleaning in the hall. Right. Homeboy research assistant comes along in his street clothes with a mint green lab coat on, no mask, no gloves, no, I mean, nothing, and goes in there with the plants. So, yeah. to me, that that is really annoying. Well, that, That's I, before he got pollen. Is and, that, when, are you talking about when he was looking for the dog? Yes, that's before because, he got pollen. Right, that's before he got pollen. Well, that's the, actually the moment he got pollen. I know, but but, that, but the before he got pollen, they had all these restrictions in place. Right. And they had the dude in there with the hazmat seat on. And then this guy walks by him and just, like, the only, he has a lab coat on. That's yeah. it. Wearing his street clothes. I, I, took that, just, I took that to be one of those, like, he's careless because he's just... You know, he's in there just to look for the dog real quick. I know, I understand what you're saying, but, like, that's not how it works. You can't, you can't be careless like that. Yeah, I I get that. You can't be careless like that and work in, like, a prestigious genetic lab. Right. If, if there, if there's a reason for a hazmat suit, everybody's wearing a hazmat suit. It's not just the dude that's cleaning, (laughs) cleaning the hall. Maybe maybe that cleaning company just has really strict procedures. It's not a cleaning company. It's going to be... Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, so that, that hurt my suspension of disbelief. Like, they're... Like, and the fact that they're wearing their street... Like, they're wearing the street clothes in. That just seems so silly to me. Like, oh, yeah. we're going to wear these masks, sort of. We're going to do a crappy job of wearing these masks, but... We're wearing, nobody's wearing the mask properly. Right? Yeah, but we're going to wear our um, our street clothes in here. And, I mean, like, pollen absolutely is going to get on your street clothes. Like, that's what I don't understand. It's like, why didn't they all inhale the pollen from the street clothes? Why yeah. is it not spreading because of that? Well, maybe they didn't do a very good job of it. But I, I feel like they they tried to make it at least seem like they were being careful in the beginning. Like, the, the research assistant is was like wearing the, the booties or whatever over his shoes he wasn't at wearing, first. Yeah. And he hoses off his, his clothes and everything. His shoes. Uh, his his shoes, clothes right. are the same clothes that he wore in. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they did a poor job of it. But I felt like, I, I feel like you can see a deterioration of procedure over the course of the film. Because... Nobody cares about the other, right, the other plant, the Flash 2s or whatever that that one guy is really passionate about or whatever. Yeah. And they, you know, they, he's pissed off that Little Joe's pollen kills off the Flash 2s early on. And he's pissed off about it at first, and he's really uh, accusatory. He's, he's at least suspicious of their their methods of breeding this plant anyway. And he definitely thinks that little Joe killed off his plants. And then at the end, he's like, ah, it's no big deal. I'm sure he did something wrong. But let's get little Joe to the flower fair. That's yeah. the main thing we need to concentrate on. And, you know, so I I, I feel like that was that was just part of a, a breakdown in procedure just because nobody cared about anything at that point except making sure little Joe gets out to everybody and survives. Maybe. I don't know. I thought it was okay. I wouldn't watch it again. Yeah. Okay, my other big gripe. The most horrifying soundtrack <laughs> yeah. of any movie I have ever watched. I, I was will like, could, could you please stop? Right. And it was completely... I mean, if you watch this movie, you'll, you'll listen to the soundtrack and think, oh, something is about to happen. 
No, it's right. not. Nothing's happening. Nothing is going to yeah. happen. The music is. In, Tell somebody if you can call it shoot that. that fucking guy with the bongo. <laughs> Stop it. It's not even music as far as it's playing. It's mostly just noise. It has yeah, nothing right. to do with what's happening in the movie. Right. Like pretty much, I would say ninety five percent of the time, it's just noise. Nothing is happening. Just yeah. chill out. Yeah. Because I'm okay. I'm thinking that we're watching something that's actually legit scary, and so like every time <laughs> yeah. the music, like, I'm like, oh my god, is something about to happen? No, nothing. No, is about not to happen. really. No. Just turn it down a little bit okay, until this crap is over again. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So is it horror? We kind of made our little made a little chart. Our pros and cons. Our pros and cons. Our yeses and nos. Our horrors and non horrors. All right. So under the yes column, we put. It's kind of like I I put this. It's kind of like body snatching. It's right, not yeah, really. I, I feel like a, a clear influence here was Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Uh, specifically, well, I say specifically because it's the only one that I've actually seen. The nineteen seventies one with Donald Sutherland, where everybody is. I mean, they, they even say it in the movie everybody is. Different, but every everybody's pretending to be the same. And that was a big plot point for the nineteen seventies invasion of the body snatchers. And they even say something like that in the movie. Yeah, um, it was super unsettling. We kind of already talked about the music. The music is very unsettling, and it's very. I mean, I would say that it's unsettling to the point of being annoying. It's like, <laughs> yeah. okay, seriously, some of like the the like the like it sounds like air like. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, please stop doing that. Yeah. And she's just she's just sitting in her car. Nothing is happening. Right. She's no, laying there. Nothing is happening. Like, why yeah. are you doing this to us? It's panning over yeah. the flowers or what? Like, I mean, like seriously, it's ridiculous. It's very yeah. unsettling. But at the, yeah, by like the end of the movie, some douchebag brought a pair of bongos into the into the movie theater. You really hate the bongos. Yeah, yeah I do. I do. The, the bongos annoyed me. Okay, but like, yeah, but at the end of the movie, you're like. It's kind of like the boy who cried wolf. Like it's ha- like this has happened so many times, and literally nothing has happened. So I'm right. not even gonna bother getting worked up about. it. I'm not even gonna prepare myself for something because I know <laughs> nothing's gonna come. And it's right. annoying at the, by the end. Yeah. Um. But one thing I thought that they did really amazingly is just like the visual landscape. Um. Absolutely yeah. was very. It was incredibly visual and in, visually interesting. So if you are, but also very unsettling. Just the the color palettes, the the very sharp contrast, and then there's sometimes that it's, there's so much yeah. going on visually. It's it's very difficult to like focus right. on any person or anything. Clearly, like that. A, a lot of time and thought and effort when it went into the visual landscape of pretty much every single scene, and I I I was impressed by the effort at least, if nothing else. Um, but yeah, it, it makes for a, a very visually stunning movie, and even I would say subtly visually stunning. Like everything is in pastels. Um, it doesn't look visually like a horror movie. In some things, everything is in pastels. Like there's there's definitely different color palettes for different places, and yeah. it's just I mean I think that I mean honestly. Whoever designed that, you know, the cinematography and stuff like that was was really impressive. So if you're into that kind of thing, that would be another point for maybe you wanted to see it. But it's yeah, it definitely creates an unsettling atmosphere that 
a lot of the, the sharp contrast and the and the overwhelming visually overwhelming scenes and stuff like that that does promote like the feeling of, of unsettling of you know absolutely what's and going on so that yeah that seemed like a horror movie to me yeah again again for for that reason and 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 others i think it's definitely worth a watch once <laughs> yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna see it again maybe to show it to somebody else but yeah, as far as rewatchability goes, I don't think it. I I wouldn't watch it again on my own. You know what I mean. I wouldn't watch it again with someone either. <laughs> even with somebody else, even just okay. I mean, I would if if there was somebody else that I I thought would really appreciate it. Um, and if there's someone else I thought would really appreciate it, I'd be like, hey, you can watch this movie on <laughs> on Hulu. You yeah. might like it. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So, like the sentient plant angle maybe it made me think a little bit of little shop of horrors which uh, yes i was thinking that too yeah <laughs> i thought about that a bunch but i mean it's not as campy as little shop so don't get excited right it's, <laughs> it's less it's less interesting than little shop the plant never eats anybody <laughs> yeah um and you know but you know there, there are some similar elements like you know seymour and little shop of horrors uh for a large portion of, of the movie just wants to make sure that I can't. What was the the plant's name in that movie? You remember? The plant. The plant. Anyway, the plant had a name. I don't. I feel like I almost had it. Anyway, wanted to make sure that you know at almost at all costs the the plant is okay. The plant makes it. You know, I mean Seymour kills people to make sure the plant is okay. So. I feel like uh, I feel like there was probably some Audrey. Yeah, Audrey. Yes, yeah, Audrey. That's right, or Audrey two, right? Mm-hmm. Audrey two. So yeah, I I feel like there there was definitely some inspiration drawn from Audrey two, uh, for Little Joe. I mean, there's a couple, there's several references to it. Feels like the plants talking back. Right. Yeah, and, then, and then of course, I guess this is the final, the final spoiler moment of the film. But yeah, the plant literally speaks back. Good night, mommy. Good night, mommy. Creepy <laughs> as hell. Yeah. Anyway, great way to, to finish out the, the movie, in my opinion. Though. Yeah, it's like in a black screen. Good night, mommy, and you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> so and then there's a. I mean, I said it was a jump scare. You said it was a jump scare ish. It's a light jump scare. Where uh, the the research assistant has gone back into the greenhouse to look for this lady's dog, and uh, he can't find it anywhere. And then the dog—it's almost like the spring-loaded cat trope from from horror movies, where somebody's like you know, looking for somebody or like walking through a, a dark hallway, and then all of a sudden, like the cat jumps out of nowhere. Yeah. Because you know, I've had cats, and I've never known a cat to do that. <laughs> um, that cat needs to be put down. But uh, yeah, it's <laughs> something's wrong with that cat. But yeah, it's it's a similar trip. Like the dog just jumps at him from out of nowhere, and uh, that's actually the moment where he inhales the pollen too. Right. But um, I mean, and there's also the scene. I don't know. I guess this is a jump scare. There's also a scene where they like definitely push that lady off the staircase. Right. Yeah. You don't. You don't see it, and it's you know they 
make it out to be an accident, but, like, she was the last naysayer or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, so... They killed her. They killed her. Right. But did they kill her? They did kill her. <laughs> yeah. They were shady as hell. They definitely lead you to the conclusion that they killed her. Alright. So the no column. So the no column, I was not scared once watching this movie. I feel like of all things, of all the elements that you can possibly consider in a horror movie... The most important one is that it has the ability to scare you. And this movie did not scare me. Like, even the like the worst case scenario, okay, I become a plant, plant zombie or whatever. They seem pretty happy. <laughs> like, nobody seems to be suffering under the rule of the plant. I, everybody's acting the same. I, you know, I, I like the, uh, the analogy of, uh, yeah, uh, it's like being dead. You wouldn't know that you're you're dead, would you? <laughs> Joe says, "Good analogy." <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I mean, it's so I'm a plant zombie. So what? Seem for all intents and purposes, it seems like life goes on pretty much as usual. So I know for, but only for the people that are plant zombies. If you're not a plant zombie, right? Then everything sucks. Well, yeah, just like being a pod person, you know, just. Just make the just make the switch. It's, it'll be all right. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I feel like that says a lot about you, and none of that's good. <laughs> You're probably right. You wouldn't be the first one to make that. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't scared. I was tense. Yeah, it was. It, it is like we said. It, it it is an unsettling movie, but as far as a scare factor goes, no. It is not. It's not a scary movie. If you're looking for a classic horror movie that is going to scare you and make you sleep with the lights on and give you nightmares, this is not that movie. Um, it. Um, I would say that even even the most timid of moviegoer <laughs> would not be scared by this movie. I mean, part of that is that is the sterility. Of it. Yeah. Which, I mean, we both kind of agreed that that was an aesthetic choice. Right. And, you know, and probably a little bit pleasing to, I mean, the characters seem a little bit sterile to us. Just, I think there is a, a cultural component in that. Yeah. Uh, the is. reservedness of, uh, you know, of the whole situation. Um, you know, both of us come from fairly effusive families. Um, probably kind of loud, kind of, you know. Right. So, um, you know, being, like I said, at kind of at the beginning, we're American, we're Southern, like it, so that's a, it may not seem like a large cultural difference, but I think of, of just having read lots of literature, watched lots of British film, like yeah. I've kind of come to, and you know, had some, um, you know, some British, you know, friends and things like that. It's, it's just, it's, I've come to realize that there is quite a cultural difference. And so. Yeah, for sure. 
So I think that that could explain some of the sterility. And so if you are British and you are listening to this and you watch this movie, you can kind of let us know if that's true or not, or if I'm just full of shite. <laughs> but um, well, we do have we do have a, a decently sized listenership in the UK. So all right, well that's cool. I'm sure they'll chime in. Yeah. <laughs> so please do. You know we don't want to speak for you or whatever. But I think that's part of it. But I also think that there was definitely an aesthetic choice to make it very. You know the char- the main character herself is very tightly wound, um, right. and things like that. So. And what is up with her lips? Like she has the driest lips. The things just do nothing about her. I know. And, the, and then the dude, her research assistant, yeah, is wearing, wearing lipstick. lipstick and right. It's so weird and creepy. And I'm like, I was like, I remember saying like, is he wearing lipstick? Yeah, Why? Even, even the guy, like the. There's another guy who I don't know what he does in the lab. He's but the like, lab manager guy. He's like the he's boss. The ma- is he the boss? The he looks d- like he's redhead 15. Dude. Oh, no, 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 that guy. Okay, no, he's just an assistant. Oh, the other redhead. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about him. Yeah, no. Uh, was he the boss? I thought he was just like some other... No, I think he's the boss. Okay. Well, but yeah, and then there's... Yeah, there's the this other kid who... I mean, yeah, I, I, kind of I say he's a kid because he looks like he's 15 years old, but he seems like, like the character he's playing is much older. But, um, like, he looks like he's wearing makeup, too. Like, he's wearing mascara or something. Which is, like, whatever, but it's just so weird because her lips are dry yeah, and chapped yeah. and, like, all, peeling. Uh, yeah, I feel like, like all the women are wearing, like, the most minimal makeup. And then all the men, with the exception of the red-haired guy, uh, are, are wearing, well, certainly garish makeup for men. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That lipstick, that was so weird. And yeah, it was yeah. just so stark that her lips are pale. Right. Chapped, peeling, and he has this bright pink lipstick on. <laughs> right. Like, what? I don't know. But, um, okay. One thing that was very frustrating to me about the movie, I'm sure this was a choice, but there's not enough, like, there's not enough clarity in the resolution. Right. Uh, yeah, like, they, there's they, no... They obviously wanted to leave it open-ended. Uh, so that you can decide for yourself: Are there, are is Little Joe making plant zombies, or is this just? A, uh, this is a really long, boring movie. It's a really long, boring movie about nothing with a little bit of paranoia involved. And I feel like that because it's not well. Like, what did you okay? Say what you said about the Orson Scott card thing that feared. Um, oh, the revealing a horrible truth. It was like you come face yeah, to face with a horrible yeah, yeah. truth. Yeah, so... Okay, yeah, so that you on, don't come face-to-face with anything because there's no clarity in the res- resolution. It doesn't clearly resolve one way or the other. So right. it can't... That's kind of like the... To me, that's the big nail in the coffin, is that there's no... I mean, I feel like that a lot of the horror that I have watched, even though there might be, like, a, a hokey explanation or whatever... But there right. is, there's legitimately, they acknowledge, the movie acknowledges there was something going on. The movie doesn't end with, what do you think happened? It ends <laughs> yeah. with, this is what was going on. There's right. this dumb explanation for it, but there was something happening. Right, right. So that's, that's me. It's like, there, there was something happening, but there, you know. Yeah, for sure. And, um... So, I actually struggle a little bit to clarify or to categorize what this... Okay, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Would you say this is horror? No. I agree with you. 
I would not say that this is horror, even though if you look on on Hulu's category, uh, it is billed as sci-fi and horror. It's um, sci-fi. It's, it's not horror. I yeah, I was gonna say that I I, I struggle to categorize this movie beyond that. Yes, it is sci-fi. I feel like even a science fiction, it needs to have, it needs to have some sort of additional genre attached to it. I don't think so, because a lot of science fiction is like, what if we did this? What would happen? What if we did, you know, it's, 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 I mean, it's really, I mean, there are, I guess there's adventure science fiction, but there's even that question of what if the world was like this? What if science did this? What it's, it's, it's that hypothetical question. What yeah. is you the speculative fiction? That's yeah. I really like that name, and I know that's used for more than science fiction, but I think that's a really great title for science fiction because that's what science fiction is. It's right. what if thing, what if the world looked this way? What if the world acted this way? What if we made this discovery? That's exactly what this is. It's what if, what would happen if we make, could make a plant that made you happy? But then at the same time, it's it's a what if that doesn't answer its own question. That's okay, because yeah. science fiction doesn't have to. Science fiction doesn't have to make a judgment. A lot of times it does. Yeah. If you think about really, I mean, I don't think that this is going to go down in the annals of science fiction. No offense to these people or whatever. <laughs> right. But a lot of times it does. And a lot of times it's actually really, you know, science fiction is actually really very moral. Yeah. Um, but they, they don't ha- it doesn't have to be that way. It could just right. be wondering, what would it be like? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Here's what I would imagine that it would be like if this happened or whatever. And that's what's so amazing about science fiction is that there just are not any rules. All you have to do is wonder. Yeah. Well, but I I mean, at the same time, though, like, it's left so open-ended that... you think it's left open-ended. I think it was... I think that final scene clinched it. (laughs) To me, okay, to me. So I'm a mother... As a mother, that that the the, the final sequence, dropping kicking your kid off with their dad, <laughs> yeah. no emotion whatsoever. Like yeah. peace. I'm gonna give you a, like a little hug, and then I'm gonna hop in the car and go back to my real baby now. That is the plan. Right, right, right. That to right. me was like okay, yes. I mean, because that is completely contrary to how she was acting the entire movie. She's really right. the only character that we get to know well enough to be able to make that judgment as the viewer. She has changed. Right. None of the other characters we get to know well enough before they're exposed to the pollen. Yeah. She's the only one that we get to well know enough that we are able to see that whole arc. The whole thing. We know her. We know how she acts. We understand her behavior. She's acting in a logical you know, way. And then all of a sudden she's exposed to the pollen. And she does several things in a row that make absolutely no sense for her character. And right. the only explanation is that she was exposed to the pollen. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. But she did seem happier. <laughs> Which does she? Did she act? Does she genuinely seem happier than she was at the beginning of the movie? Well, genuinely, I mean, it's who can say? But that is the plant's intended purpose, right? Is to make its owner happy. Okay, but it's, it's simulating what humans do for each other. Right. So she has traded in her son, who who was also helps her produce oxytocin. Also would make her happy, right? For a simulation of what of the relationship with her son. Yeah, that's and, actually that's a really interesting point because, yeah, the plant provides oxytocin, but so would these other things, right? So would 
uh, you know, the relationship with her son. Um, maybe a, a more... The relationship with the lab assistant. The, yeah. Any kind of physical relationship is going to provide the oxytocin. Right. But the what the plant doesn't provide, unless you, you know, unless you believe that the plant is talking to them, is that is companionship. But even if right. the plant could talk to you, how much really could a plant have to say? Yeah, the plant knows nothing about my life. The plant knows nothing about being human. Right. But, and uh, and you know, I I know you can you can draw some comparisons to things like, uh, you know, heroin also causes you to. It causes a release of endorphins more than anything, but it's such a rush of endorphins it can cause you to not ever be able to fully enjoy anything else ever again. If they drew inspiration from that, you know, I, I guess that could be something that you could say, like overriding, you know, more natural releases of oxytocin. Some of the biggest releases of oxytocin that you ever experience are, I mean, for I'm not sure for men, I mean, probably during sex, honestly, but. Um, is during like labor and delivery and that first moments of bonding with your, your child. I mean, right. it's subsequent bonding as well. But those are like, I mean, your body is literally flooded with oxytocin. Men's bodies are too. Whenever they are experience the birth of a child, like their bodies also produce oxytocin whenever they're you know touching and holding a new baby. Right. Um, I mean, they're that that's you know science says that that's one of the reasons babies are cute because. That, because they're cute and cuddly and, and they snuggle into you and that, that, you know, floods your brain and your system with oxytocin. I mean, that's literally one of the biggest times that that happens. Right. And so it's hard for me to believe that, I mean, I don't know. That the plant could do that. Yeah. Chemically with, only. Yeah. That the plant could do that. I mean, like you're, as a, as a new mother, your brain chemistry is fundamentally different from other times in your life. Right. Like you can't think straight, you know what I mean? And so, like, they didn't have, I mean, I guess the teenager really had some maybe different things, but I don't think that they were different enough to, like, support, like, a heroin theory. I mean, if you think about heroin, heroin does, has a lot of side effects that are, in addition to that endorphin rush, you know, that make it not a functionable, you can't function in society when you're high on heroin. Right. Does yeah, that make yeah, sense? Yeah. So, and then, like, that, that constant exposure would be a problem. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, it would be, because you would, you would eventually develop a tolerance to oxytocin. Wow, I mean, really, this is sounding more and more like a horror movie the longer we talk about it, because you know, eventually, if you're completely desensitized to oxytocin, you can't love anybody, you can't feel attached to anybody at all. I don't know that you can become desensitized to oxytocin. Yeah. But um, I don't think it works the same way as some other hormones in your brain do. Because I, I believe that you can be with. What's the other one? Serotonin. Serotonin. No, what is it? Serotonin. Dopamine. Dopamine. Okay. Whichever one that that heroin triggers, people do get they get to where I think you know, things that made them happy before don't make them happy anymore because it's not. A high enough dose, you know, like with what they get with heroin. Yeah. So if you follow that that plot line out dopamine. to dopamine, okay. If you follow that out to its logical conclusion, that is a pretty grim fate for humanity. Yeah. No. No one can love. Yeah. 
I don't know. I don't think that that's why they were going with it. You don't think so? Mm-mm. You don't think it was more about the implications of having a plant like this? I don't think that it was... I don't think they were centering on the hormone production. Yeah. I think they were centering on, like, the viral plant zombie... Yeah. ...aspect of it. Yeah. So, really, I mean, it doesn't change anything. I, I feel like this is not a horror movie. But there are certainly horrific implications if yeah. you are to, well, do what we're doing right now and spend any amount of time discussing this movie and the implications of the plot itself. Like I said, I, I did enjoy this film. I think it's worth a watch once. And it is not horror. Not horror. So if you enjoyed this, you can review some other movies. If you have some movies you want us to watch and get our definitive analysis. Not too scary, though, because for real, y'all. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll watch them if they're super scary. If they're moderately scary. So we want to watch... We're talking about... We're talking about movies that are, like, questionable. Like, do right. you really think this is horror for right. whatever reason? So... Yeah, and so, yeah, the next one I think we're going to do is uh, Jordan Peele's Get Out, right? There's, yes. There's been a lot of arguing online <laughs> about whether whether that is a horror movie or not. And, um... So yeah. we're going to weigh in. Yeah, we're going to weigh in, and uh, we're going to analyze this, and we're going to we're gonna be the final word here, folks, on whether, <laughs> on whether Get Out is a horror movie or not. All right. Well, thanks for sticking around through, uh, through all this, <laughs> and... Uh, Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you all next time. I hope that was at least a decent listen for you guys, and uh, I hope you had as much fun listening to it as we had recording it. The short story contest Violet and I had back in episode 13 had a pull-up on the Eddie V's Horror Show page, and that poll should be closed now. I'll read the final results in the next episode. Violet and I are also still working on our book, The Libra Monstrorum, a field guide to monsters from around the world. And if all goes well, we're looking at a late 2022 release date for that book. It is, of course, co-authored by Violet Church and myself, and it features some field guide-like artwork from both of us as well as a couple of guest artists. More on that as it develops. All right, folks, that's it for episode number 16. Come on back in two weeks for episode 17, and as always, stay creepy. Thanks for listening. To read some of my stories, see my artwork, and find links to my videos and podcasts, visit my website at edwardvillanova.com. If there's a topic you'd like to hear about, a work of horror you'd like to hear reviewed, or to submit a true account or short horror story, send me a message at edwardvillanova.com contact or on the Eddie V's Horror Show Facebook page. To shop horror fan merch designed by yours truly, go to edwardvillanova.com and click on the shop link. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to hear more, please consider rating and reviewing my podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen. The positive, high-star reviews really help me out. If you really like what you're hearing here, please consider giving to my Patreon. The range of benefits include everything from personalized content to free merch and so much more. Become a patron today at patreon.com slash edwardvillanova. Lastly, you can follow me on Twitter at edwardvillanova.